You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. Today, we got a friend of mine, Paul Cutberth. If you want to listen to just two good old boys talking about running, early mornings, hunting, family, life, all the things, this is the podcast for you today. (laughs) It's a good conversation, man. I totally enjoy getting to know Paul. He's a great guy. And man, we talk about all kinds of things, even mindset. So you'll enjoy it. Real quick before we get started, I haven't asked this in a while. If you would rate the podcast wherever you listen, And if you like it, put what you like about it. That really helps with sponsors and all that stuff. Just you rating the podcast. Also, if you like this one, if you like a midweek motivation, don't be afraid to share the podcast with others. You know, when I hear anything good, if it's from another podcaster, if it's a book or anything, I always like to share it. I have certain people I share it with. And so, man, if you do that, I would really appreciate it. All right. We're going to have a few words from our sponsors, but let's go. The Run the Riot Podcast is brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. You need to check these guys out at www.outlaw100.com. There are a ton of races, and they're all fantastic. First of all, in January, there's Winter Rock with distances 25K and 12K. In February, the flagship of the Outlaw 100 Race Series, the Outlaw 100 in Wilberton, Oklahoma, with distances from 135 miles all the way down to the 5K. Prairie Spirit in March in Ottawa, Kansas. Distances 100 miles down to 50K. Lake McMurtry in April in Stillwater, Oklahoma. 100K down to 5K. The Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park in Watonga, Oklahoma in May. Distances 4 to 12 miles. And then the Flower Moon in Pawhuska also in May from 50 miles all the way down to 4 miles. Then there's the Dark and Dirty in July in Wilburton, Oklahoma. There's a 50K all the way down to 5K, and you can run trail or gravel. Then there's the Honey Badger 100 also in July. 100 mile and 50 mile. That's a hot one on pavement. Fun. (laughs) Then there's a Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas. Distances 101 mile all the way down to 12K. That's in September. In October, we've got the Kansas Rails to Trails Extravaganza in Ottawa, Kansas. 100 mile all the way down to half marathon. And last but certainly not least, the Thunderbird in Norman, Oklahoma in November. 100K all the way down to 5K. These are great trail runs put on for ultra runners, by ultra runners. Guys, you will get taken care of if you go do these races. You'll get awesome medals, amazing buckles, and some nice swag. Check them out at www.outlaw100.com. All right. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we got a, a, a friend. I'm going to call him a friend. You know, through social media, Paul Cutberth. What's going on, Paul? No, not a whole lot. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man. So you and I have commented on each other's things, watched each other training. And uh, dude, you've been putting in a lot of miles and stuff, but we've never talked. And so now we're talking. Well, That's I'm cool. going to stop you there. We did. We've seen each other for like two minutes at Garnett Aid Station. Uh, right, that's right. Yeah, you and I blew out, and that was yeah, that's true. our entire face-to-face. <laughs> I was probably tired. <laughs> yeah, I know I was. I, you were at the turnaround point, and I had another 75 that's to right. go. Right, that's right. Yeah, Garnett, that's Prairie Spirit fun. Yes, sir. Yes, that's a good That's a good race. Yeah, it's fun. My, my first, so... 
Yeah. Anyway. If you get lost out there, you got issues. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So tell everybody where you are. You're in Missouri, right? Yes, sir. I'm a little bit southwest of Branson, so okay. a town called Galena. But not much here. A lot of cows and back roads. So Nice. Well, you know, a lot of people listening are very familiar with, with Branson. In fact, I appreciate I didn't get to run any of the trails you gave me when we went with the family because of weather and, and all kind of other things. But if you're, going to, if you're going to Branson and you need places to run, uh, look Paul up. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely <laughs> yes. put him in contact with some trails to hit up. Yeah, yeah. So I still have that saved. So next time we go and I got more time, I can go hit some of those trails. All right. Yeah, I appreciated that, man. That was well, good Well, maybe good stuff. we'll overlap and we'll be able to hit them together. That would be excellent. Yeah. As long as I can get, if I can get this old man knee healed up, dude, we can get at it. So so speaking of old man, I'm I'm older than you are. Yeah. Not by too much, right? I'm 48. I'll be 49 in September. And, and I saw you got a birthday coming up, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want to remind me of it, 48 and uh, 4th of June. So. Hey, man, everybody reminds me of mine. Yeah. So we can, yeah. See, but. But, you know, you're still cranking out the miles, man. I, I see your post, dude. And you put – I get up early. All right. Yeah. I get up at early, 4 o'clock every morning unless I have to get up a little earlier. And, like, this morning I slept a little bit later because I – or was it this morning or yesterday? I don't remember. And I look at your posts a little bit later and you've already cranked out, like, I don't know, 20-something miles? <laughs> yeah. Well, and during turkey season, I mean, I had to get after it a little bit early so I could – get the run in and then be back by daylight so i could be out in the woods but uh, so you, that's good that's good i like it so i like it no no excuses no excuses right. okay okay so you get up early to run so you can go play in the woods yeah and i saw was it this morning you guys were had a successful hunt yeah uh, my dad has taken uh, oh he's a 30-year military veteran and he's taken me and my nice. brother hunting all over the world and uh, it's not often we get to shift gears and take him and call for him and him just be the guided but yeah that that's what happened this morning so yeah turkey right oh yes sir yes sir so uh well, well we that's that's cool i've been turkey okay i've been turkey hunting once it's not a it's not a thing we do a whole lot where i grew up right and it was with some friends of mine at our church that have a actual hunting show so they took the minister to go hunt turkey and tried and filmed it but we didn't we heard a few but we didn't get on any uh, i didn't even get to shoot so it's, that's the it's, extent <laughs> it's something that's bonded our family uh, my my brother his kids my kids we've uh, we all kind of joined around the the deer hunting and the turkey hunting and uh it's kept us close so yeah that's good man i and i can relate i mean in south louisiana my dad we grew up and four acres in the middle of sugarcane fields and for us it was squirrel hunting dove hunting snipe hunting yeah I, I keep i have this ongoing argument with my wife she's like those aren't even real i was like yeah there are snipe i said i shot them well i mean if you look in the front of your game manual yes that there is actual snipe so. yeah yeah and we do some duck hunting and, and yeah. deer and so that was uh, that was you know growing up and when i was too young to you know we had friends we'd go out with pellet guns and kill blackbird and come cook them up and live the live the lifestyle so yeah, uh, yeah. And it's and lately man i haven't it's been a while since i've been on a been on a good hunt man you got i'm looking at your pictures and i'm like i need to go shoot something yeah <laughs> well and i mean not by choice but my wife and i really don't buy red meat we uh we pretty much harvest we eat a lot of yeah. the deer and the buffalo and that's with the red meat from the store that much so yeah 
Well, for for vegans that are listening, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, well, I'm sorry, not sorry, but you know, yeah. I, I was brought up, man. You you kill something, but you you eat it. Oh, so you harvest it, and uh, you you want a very ethical kill, yeah. you know, as best you can, and you harvest it, and you provide for your family with it, man. A lot, lot of reverence for the life given and the you know, the opportunity to around the table. So yeah. even my grandson, when he knows that it's a meal that he provided at nine years old, you know, it's it's a different meal for him because he knows he's providing to his family. Uh, yeah supper so yeah yeah it means a lot yeah i agree man and my dad was was in the marine corps also and you know there's a lot of talk about guns and everything else and and my dad taught me so much you know safe oh yeah and and, uh, i mean yeah it's a it's a good thing like you said and it's a bonding experience some of the times i've had hunting with my dad and with my son uh, it's just a good time it's just a really good time well and it's a quiet it's always been a quiet place to get back and reflect with God and reflect with nature and just, uh, you know, running also gives it to you too, but it just gives yeah. you a chance to unplug and be alone for a minute. So, yeah, it's hard to explain to people, I guess, I guess runners might have it to an extent, but when you're sitting in a deer stand and you get out there and it's still dark and you watch the woods wake up around you mm-hmm. and it's really quiet. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Putting the night to bed as the sun closes yeah. and you start to hear those creaks of the forest and you know, you've got to slip out during the darkness. I mean, it's just, it's yours to share with only you. I mean, it's your, that was your night. So yeah. Anyway, we're pretty fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I always, I'm always, it's, it always surprises me, especially early in the morning when it's so quiet It the sound that a stupid squirrel can make or a bird. And like, you know, you're listening and watching for everything you're in tune yeah. <laughs> and you hear something and it's that, and it's not a deer. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> it, it reminds you that you're present, you're present in the moment. You're not, when you hear those subtle noises and they're that, that loud that yeah. there's nothing else on your mind. That's you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, my my dad uh, he's retired in Hot Springs Village, and they get to hunt out in the village quite a bit. And so he's retired, and when no hunting season's open, man, he's out in the woods every morning, every evening. And if he's not doing that, he's fishing. So yeah, did he retire from the Marine Corps? No, no, he didn't. He was only he uh, he got out uh, he got out right before I was born. Okay. Yeah. So he was in. He did more than four years a little more than four years but yeah he didn't retire from there okay well my my dad did 30 in the in the army and of course all of all my brother myself my sister we all did our stint in the service as well so uh, what what branch did you serve in army uh i don't don't know that we would have been allowed to go in any other branch so Uh, yeah, I think if I, if I decided to go into the arm, he'd have been okay, but he'd have wanted, he'd have wanted his son to be a Marine if that was in the cards for me. <laughs> All my uncles were Marines and dad was army. So, okay. He's, he had to change it up a little bit. Though. Right. Right. <laughs> well, sincerely, thank you. Thank you for your service and your family. I love hearing that. It, it was a great opportunity. Like I said, I mean, I got to go places and see places that you know, people read about in history books. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it, I know what it smells like in Germany and some of these coliseums. And I got to go to Europe and I got to go to Italy and just amazing opportunities. So, yeah. Are you from your family's from Missouri, right? Yes. My my parents were uh, they were in school together as far back as uh, second grade. 
In fact, mom has a Valentine's card from dad from the second grade. Uh, Dude, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so he's 72 and she's 70. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, never left each no. other's side. So That's really cool. Yeah. Well, that you know, just to think the Army provided you an opportunity, somebody, you know, from Missouri and not anywhere huge, but you've gotten to see a lot you know, and yeah. you've gotten to experience a bunch of the world. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Very fortunate. Yeah. Well, man, what do you do now, Paul? I work for an environmental service company. I uh, Basically, we've got three lakes, major lakes around this area, and uh, we protect the receiving waters of everything return, returning back to it. Okay. Sure everything locally is in compliance uh, of the areas that we take care of is in compliance with what's supposed to be going back into the waters. So nice. A lot of like testing and water yeah, testing. A lot of testing, and... sampling, submitting to yeah. DNR so it can be checked out with the government and they can make sure that it's all in compliance. And it's pretty rewarding. I mean, in a way, you're serving because you're yeah. keeping things safe for uh, anyone who enjoys the lakes and rivers. So, yeah, yeah. Protect and pr protecting the environment that, that right. you and your, your family enjoys. Correct. That's pretty Correct. awesome. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Have, how long have you done that? Have, did you do that right out since getting out of the military or? I was a mechanic for years, a heavy equipment welder and mechanic, and I had a huge back injury. And uh, it was maybe a God thing, but I got a phone call from a guy out of the blue who asked me if I wanted to come do it. And he had no reason to believe I could. And yeah. I went, took a few classes, started learning the trade. And it's probably the best job opportunity I've ever had. So uh, that's awesome. How long have you been doing that? Uh been here six years okay. in this field i completely flopped from like i said i couldn't have went back because of my back injury to doing what i did so yeah. so this was just a really neat opportunity i'm glad it all worked out the way it did yeah no that's awesome man yeah so so let's talk a little bit about running man what oh you haven't been you know you told me that you haven't been doing this all that long but like I said, you're out there killing it. You're out there putting in the miles. So what got you started in our crazy sport? Uh, well, I've always been an athlete, uh, you okay. know, in high school. I wrestled, played football, power lifted, all the non-running activities. Yes, same. <laughs> I joined the military and I on the PT test, I maxed the push-ups and setups, and I struggled at the running. But yeah, yeah. I, I have like I said, bad back issues. And I heard a podcast that was discussing, and I don't even remember, I, I tried to go back and find it, but I heard a podcast where a guy said that he started running and it strengthened his core and helped out his overall fitness and alleviated a lot of back pain. And we've, we had tried everything at that point. And I thought, well, what could it hurt? So I left the house and I went and I told my wife she got home and I said, I'm going to go run a mile. And she's like, we've been married 20 <laughs> years, but whatever. Yeah, he's, Paul's losing his mind. All right. right. So I literally, <laughs> I ran a mile. It took probably 15 minutes. I came back home and I said, I think I'll do that again tomorrow. And that's how it all started. How, how long ago was that? It's been three years at this point. I, I ran huh. for two months 
and then I was going to be turning 45 and I told her that I was going to run my age for my birthday. So two yeah. months after starting running, I did my first quote unquote ultra, which was a 45 mile birthday run. Oh, uh, and that, that was it. That was my first run. I'd never ran a race, never run a 5k, never anything. So. so three. Okay, so I'm just gonna tell you what what popped into my head when you said that three months running, you do 45 miles. I heard Forrest Gump in my head. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> That's exactly I, what not, it does. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about. Yeah, I'd never. I didn't even know that ultras existed. Like I, yeah. I didn't know that there was people who went out and ran anything further than marathons. So uh, yeah. At the point when I decided to run my birthday, I didn't know that you guys even existed. So, That's funny. That's awesome, man. So uh, how did it go? <laughs> uh, mile 37, I got attacked by a bulldog, a uh, pit bull, uh, pit bull. ripped my leg open, uh, oh, no. got pictures to prove it. Uh, my daughter, who had just finished medical school, came and gauzed and duct taped me together, and I ran the rest of it. So I knew at that point I had the resilience to be an ultra runner. Uh, no kidding, dude. Right. So, oh. Uh, well, well, how did it do? Okay, besides the dog injury, I mean, how did your body? Oh, I mean, you hadn't been running all that much. Did you? I mean, it, it how long hurt. did it take you? It hurt, but it hurt? I yeah. mean, uh, amazingly, I within a couple of days I was back out there running again, and uh, yeah, and then I found out about you guys. <laughs> nice <laughs> you did it and then you find out yeah how long did it take you to do the 40, the 45 miles i don't after remember. three months i, I like yeah. at, at that point i didn't even have a watch uh yeah i was tracking i had at that point i had drove i think the distance my loop and i yeah. i was marking it off when i come back to the house and fill the water bottle i was marking it off on a piece of paper so. <laughs> nice i love it dude yeah well it's kind of a you know, it just goes to show it's uh kind of a innate thing i think god's put in us that like i don't know it's, it's okay to get out and run and the, you know it's a challenge and you want we want to push ourselves and right try to do better be better yeah, yeah. gives us i i don't know for me it, it also gives me a lot of mental clarity with you can solve every problem in the world with a pair of shoes laced up so i agree including yeah. some of your own so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah we i think i spent too much time solving everybody else's right, right. Yeah. Oh, and i forget I, I solve a lot of my own i just forget about them after i take my shoes by the time i get my shoes off it's like ah, i thought i had that figured out yes sir so <laughs> so yeah so you did that recover and then you just like, i really like this this running you you, you did this on the roads so you're just pretty much running yeah the roads yeah i just back country roads i said i didn't even know that there was trail people so yeah yeah how did you discover ultra running you're... cam haynes yeah okay yeah i listened to him this is what really confused me i listened to cam haynes on joe rogan and he was talking about a 240 mile race that he was getting ready to do yeah. and i think that's the one he was talking about and so i figured it all out how i was going to follow him and some girl named courtney smoked him <laughs> and smoke the field and yes. i was like this must be wrong how is that happening and i it just completely how did this lanky girl smoke all these guys that were 
big buff and should have been just beating everybody. And it was just, I don't know. It, it, it yeah. showed me that you can do whatever you want to do. But, this, uh, this lanky, lanky girls with a smile and long shorts. Right. <laughs> so at that point, I told my wife I wanted to run 100 miles. And uh, she was really reserved about it. And uh, I signed up for 100 miles. That was my first race. So. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Yeah, my ultra sign up, if you're, that's what you're looking at, it is incorrect. Yeah, I'm looking at it, yeah. It is incorrect, and I won't share my pacer's name, uh, but my first ever race was at Prairie Spirit. I DNF'd at mile 95, uh, and it was just because you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know about... Uh, I didn't know about nutrition. I didn't know about staying ahead of being cold. I didn't know about yeah. any of the things. Uh, yeah. And I fell apart at mile 95. And I don't think if the uh, aid state or if the finish line would have been within sight, I don't know that I could have crawled the distance. Really? Yeah. You were just done. Yeah. At, wow. at, at 26 hours. So, I mean, I was five my, miles outside of Ottawa. At 26 yeah. hours, and I, my body, I ran till I was done. So, wow. and, and that was that's my, great. yeah, I'd never even done a 5K. So. <laughs> okay. That's okay. You got me beat because you know right. my first race was a marathon. Yes, sir. And my first ultra was 100, but you're, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love uh, it. Love it. And, and you know what? As sad as I was, and you, we all know what a DNF feels like. Uh, yeah. As sad as I was, I think it gave me, if I had just finished it, I think it would have changed my perspective on what I think it means to finish it. Because yeah. I know how bad that hurts and how bad, how much we spend each opportunity to get out there and try ourselves, both financially, time away from our families and everything else. And uh, I think it's given me a greater appreciation for the ones that I do finish. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it gives you, I think you're the kind of guy that also lights the fire to, to for the next one. I called my dad and I can't lie. I was a little bit emotional. I called my dad on yeah. the way home and I said, I can't believe I didn't finish it. And he said, you ran three marathons. He's like, yeah. you didn't finish. Yeah, yeah more than three marathons. Uh, so my wife drove me home and I didn't ever want to do this again. And then the next day I was ready to start training uh, yeah. for the next Yeah. I think I've actually told my wife before, I said, you know, next time I sign up for something like this, slap me or something like that. Yeah. And it's like a day later. She's like, you want me to slap you? I'm just, <laughs> cause, cause you talk I'll about doing it you up on that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll, before I forget, you talk about Cameron Haynes. So in 2018, I did the Tahoe 200. Okay. And uh, my my wife was crewing me. She was by herself. And so the crews end up getting to know each other and meeting and stuff like that. And she was talking about this this older guy and this and their son that were crewing the guy I was one of the guys I was racing against who I've had on the podcast since then, Taylor Spike. And so I have I've, uh, so I was we were racing and stuff. And Taylor, we found out after on the podcast, like you look for those people you're who are racing against. And I was his guy like he wanted to beat me. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know him from anybody. But and so. That's Cameron Haynes's brother, half brother. Yeah. And, and he was, he had DNF'd uh, Tahoe. 
he didn't put that in his book, but he had DNF Tahoe and he was helping crew. And so my wife was hanging out with him and stuff like that. And it was just kind of a funny thing. And I didn't even know that when I had Taylor on the podcast, you know, I usually ask the question, like, is there anything you don't want to talk about or anything like that? And he said, yeah, I'd rather not talk about my brother. I was like, I don't know who your brother is, whatever. Right. <laughs> and I find out these campaigns. I was like, oh, that's why. Okay. Well, and that, oh, you probably get overshadowed if you start talking about your brother and that's Cam Haynes. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't even know, like, I, I wanted him on because he placed third and right. my, we, him and I had visited on the trail and stuff. And so it was kind of just, and that's, he didn't mean anything bad by it. Yeah. He just like, he seems like a really nice guy. I've listened to him on a couple different podcasts and he just seems Taylor. Yeah. He seems like a really hard worker. Yeah. A good guy. He, yeah. He's got from being you know, totally out of shape and uh, just uh, decided he wanted to get, kind of get control of his life. And, and a great story. And he's a strong runner, man. A good dude. I really enjoyed getting to know him. Uh, I might have him on the podcast again, see what he's you know, been up to. But uh, what did you do to your back, man? Like, So I should, I don't even know that I should be running. I got knocked <laughs> off the top of a uh, tractor trailer uh, and we went in, had some MRIs done. And uh, this was when I was in my 20s. And they said that my back was basically deteriorated to that of a late 60 year old that they couldn't even fuse anything together so we went and uh, we had injections chiropractic did all the steps and one doctor landed on the let's try a spinal cord stimulator so i have a computer in my body that runs up from the base of my skull all the way down and it blocks pain receptors so there's nothing structurally fixed I can yeah. just not fe- feel the pain in my back. So, well. <laughs> and, and yeah. that affords me the opportunity. Uh, so when I say that every morning I'm out there doing it and I feel lucky that I get to do it, I truly, yeah. I mean, that's not cliche. That's not just yeah. a saying. I mean, I, it's another opportunity for me to get out and do it. Uh, yeah. So that's... It's, yeah, it's a- pretty that that's my take on it but yeah no man it's a blessing to be out and i joked around i'm dealing with knee issues and everybody when they hear i'm having knee issues they're like oh it's all that running i'm like no man it was jujitsu and a trampoline and like right now i was able to run this morning which was great it's been a little while that i've been and so it's getting there but it's like man that few miles that i was able to run without worrying about it it's like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely freeing to when nothing's, oh, there's no twing or no, no, nothing going on. You're like, well, it's all right. It all yeah, yeah. sounds perfect, feels perfect. So, yeah. Well, and I believe like us, especially kind of being a little bit older, and I know there are older people than us doing it and stuff, but I, I'm of the opinion, you know, you just, you keep moving. You got to keep moving. And I say, I'd rather burn out than rust out. So, yeah. Kinda, you know. And I've got a great example. My, my dad beats the sun up every morning and he puts it down every night. Obviously he's retired from the military. So everything he does is self-inflicted, but whether, whether it's landscaping the churchyard or he's busy. Uh, so, so I have a great example of what to do. So, yeah, well, we sounds like we have a lot of the same. My dad, he's retired, but he's in the woods. He's at church working with landscaping. He's on the, he's on that crew. Uh, he, this is, this is awesome. You'll probably love this. My dad, he doesn't, he loves to hike and walk. He'll go walk like crazy. Uh, and where he lives, man, there's a lot of trees. And so they'll be coming back from the store in, in town and they live kind of far out in the middle of the village and he'll have my mom drop him off 
six, seven miles from the house. And he's just, he'll just walk the rest of the way home. He's like, yeah. Or he'll go walk really far away, and he's like eight miles away, and he'll just be like, hey, come get me. <laughs> My mom goes get him. <laughs> and David, I don't know. We None of us know how this is going to play out for us, but I've got a really good friend who's in his 90s who he does three miles every day. He nice. Has Yeah. He's an ex-Marine, an old yeah. old Marine, uh, the little uh, amusement park down the road, and yeah. uh, and he's three miles every day, and yeah, and I think you're right. You can't stop. So yeah, yeah. He, I think you. Yeah, I think when you stop, your body just kind of right. says, "All right, we're done." <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's the other reason. Like when my knees messed up, I'm doing other forms of cardio, lifting. Just got to do something, man. I'm the same way. I might go. And I don't go to a gym, but I, I, my pull-up bar is mounted between two oak trees in the backyard, and uh, yeah. I do my push-ups on the patio, and and I get after it however I can. So yeah, that's a good thing. I think that keeps us youngish. Yeah, youngish. <laughs> youngish. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so you learned a lot at Prairie Spirit. It sounds like, and uh, you, I guess. I guess leading up to it, building up to that, did you reach out or did you just kind of do internet searches, listen to podcasts? What did you do to get yourself ready? Because it's hard by yourself. Yeah. And I, if I was coachable, I would reach out to a coach. Oh, <laughs> uh, but know I, thyself. <laughs> I thought that I would just run a lot and figure it out. Uh, I did message a few people about a few things. Uh, Basically, what are you eating? Uh, you know, what do I keep from putting on me to keep from chase, chafing? And I had a few people respond, and I thought, okay, that works. I'll do it. And yeah, so I eat baby food, and uh, nice. I I'm not a big sugary person, so uh, don't. Yeah. So I eat baby food. I use a horse ointment for chafing. And <laughs> are uh, you serious? Yes, sir. <laughs> It was it was uh, it was introduced to me from a, a race director, local, local race director. Like I said, tell me try this, and it's a Corona horse cream. I've never had a blister, never chafed, never nothing. So I make I'm making a note here. Corona. I horse swear, cream. I swear by it. Absolutely. Have, have you tried anything else? I'm just wondering how it does. Like it compares to squirrels nut butter and stuff. Why? Why? If you've never had a blister, if you've never chafed, that's true. That's true. So, and I'm the same thing with shoes. Uh, If the shoes, if the shoes fits, I've never had a blister, never hurt my feet. Yeah. Uh, If it works, don't. Why not let the trail adapt to the great shoes versus changing (laughs) shoes and try to adapt to the trail? Yeah. What what shoes are you wearing? Asic Jill Nimbuses. All right. uh, I don't think I've ever tried those. Yeah. Well, I mean. The only reason I bought Asics is because that's what I wore in the army, yeah. and uh, I ran a few miles in a pair, and that worked. So I bought several more pair, and and they work in sand, they work in water, they work on rocks, they work on pavement. Just, <laughs> so, just your all terrain. Yes, <laughs> just <sir. go. laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. What do you think, like looking back, because hindsight's always twenty twenty. So what do you think was your, your big downfall? Was it the training? Was it the nutrition? Or would you go too, too hard, too fast? What do you think it was for Perry Spirit? I 100% know the opportunity or what caused it. And uh, 
And if she listens to it, I didn't listen to my wife. And, it takes a man to admit that, dude. And let you forget and, it, but and because of that, uh, I always, if she tells me what to change into when I'm coming into an aid station, I let my yeah. body temperature get so cold, and okay. uh, yeah. and I'm one of those bullheaded people that just keep going, and I I didn't have time to stop and uh, take off wet and put on dry and warm, and yeah. uh, had I done that. I would have finished my first one. So ever since then, she's primarily my crew person. And ever since then, if I'm coming into an aid station, she's already looked at the upcoming weather. And she'll tell me, you need to, I've got a dry shirt and a jacket, and we're going to yank that off you, put this on you. And I don't argue, I just do it. So (laughs) I've got other things on my mind. So. That's right. Well, no, but that's so you. You get what you call runner's brain, and you just. Right. We need people like that a lot of times. I mean, I've done some stuff solo, and where I've had to put myself notes to remind. Okay, do this because like I had right. to crew myself, but I'd look at the okay. I got to do this here because I know that way I don't have to think about it. But my wife's the same way. D- does she give you a hard time? No, because she gives me a hard time. Like if I'm running behind what my schedule says. Absolutely. She, she's like, it's about time. I'm waiting I, here I, forever. I get the, because I'll leave an aid station and then I might call her an hour before the aid station. I've got it here speaking to, through the speaker and she'll ask me, she's like, are you even running? Like, <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> and and oh, you're like, I'm trying. Uh, I'm becoming... doing the best I can. But, uh, <laughs> oh. That's but great. if uh, you are like I think you are, when your wife comes on and says, you got this, you can do it, you you yeah. can slay dragons for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, yeah. If she believes in you, you can do anything you want to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that that's where, yes, I get tough love, but I also get the, you got this. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the same thing is when she says, you're done. <laughs> you got, yeah it's got to be pretty bad and they're i'm a pretty tough guy and i think you're the same she's seen me pretty bad and sent me off but she's seen me really bad and be like yeah no you're done just let's call this <laughs> and i think they appreciate our effort they appreciate how much we've invested into this moment in time so what making a decision to get us back out there or try to keep us back what that means uh and she cautioned me after my first dnf she said don't ever leave an aid station where i felt unheard again like if i'm (laughs) offering if i'm offering you sound advice and as you can see from my ultra sign up since then i listened and it works (laughs) that's right there you go i finish races and i do pretty good so yeah yeah uh, there you go right that's good well so what did you so is it right after that like if you're like the next you did that is, is the next one you did that 50 miler in a yeah. frisco railroad yeah yes sir she uh, she and i discussed it and we wanted to get a few kinks out of our belt so we dropped back down to a 50 miler did it in nine hours and some change and uh yep, yep. knocked that out and then come back and somehow got i think after that one went great. It, it, that was just a non-issue. I mean, it was great training opportunity because I knew my mind was back at the hundred mile distance. 
Yeah. And then you went back to, the, to, you did the Kansas, the fall version of Prairie Spirit in yeah. the 100K. You play second. Yeah, the only thing I can attribute that to is no fast people signed up that day. Uh, so. <laughs> no, man, own that. That's a good, t- 12 hours is a, 12, 13 is a good time. Yeah. Uh, no, my, I got second. I'm really at just moving, yeah. keep moving. And uh, yeah. uh, we're efficient in the eight stations. Uh she yeah. gets me in, out, and back on the road, and oh, nice. so yeah, second place, and we were both kind of amazed. But. Yeah, and then in March of 2022, you go back to Prairie Spirit and slay the dragon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a pretty emotional morning. Uh, Joey Edwards uh, paced me for the last 25 miles. Uh, yeah, there again, you just reach out on Facebook and. Uh, they volunteered and Joe, uh, Melissa crewed me all the way through to Garnett and handed the reins over to Joey. Joe, yeah. I marched it in. So that's, that's cool, man. That was a what sub a, sub 24. So yeah, that was 22, 22, man. Yeah, you could, I wish you, if you'd gone a little faster, you could have got to 22 seconds instead of 56. It would have been 22, 22, 22, yeah, no, but, you know, I went as fast as I could. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, Go ahead. No, what I was going to say, you said this a while ago, but what a cool sport where people you've met online or people online and then you can like reach out to them. And I see the posts all the time, especially like for the 200s, but even the 100s, like, hey, anybody local can pace me. Mm -hmm. The first my first hundred was a guy I hadn't met in 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 person, maybe maybe once on, on a trail or something. But he showed up, drove, showed up and paced me for the last, I don't know. 20 miles of my 100 miler and just to help somebody out how cool is that <laughs> it's really cool and it uh you're forever bonded with with yeah. with them that experience that that uh, that opportunity so, yeah. uh, and uh i don't know it's not to jump ahead but i'm envious of those that are out there doing the 200s so and we'll okay. leave it we'll leave it like that for right now yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> we'll get there because I was. <laughs> you seem the kind of okay. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you did that, and then you uh, you decided to go into you know, October of twenty twenty two, do the Pumpkin Holler hundred uh, k. Right. Uh, that's a, a pretty. I love that race. Um, it's a great race. It's a good. Uh, well, as far as aid station, they're pretty close. Uh, I tell people, yeah. It's a good first one. And I know there are some steep climbs kind of on the gravel road and all that. It's not a, it's not a gimme. Definitely not a gimme. No, it's not no, a no. easy. But l- between that and like Prairie Spirit, they're uh, Prairie Spirit being flat. And it's a little longer distance between eight stations. But Pumpkin Holler has got great distance between eight stations. It's a, it's a good race. Did you feel like you, you had a pretty good race there? That was an adaptive opportunity, which I'd never done before. But I had time goals going into that. And it was October, and it was hot. And yeah. and yeah. I absolutely like I, I'm so experienced at this point. I told my wife, <laughs> I told my wife about an hour and a half into it. I said, "I'm changing plans. I'm going to conserve during the day. When the sun sets, I'm going to turn it on." And yeah. that's what I did. So yeah, yeah, it, it was a struggle during the heater, hotter part of the day. Uh, I think Jeremy was running ice to all the aid stations all day long and yeah. uh, which kept us alive and <laughs> uh, and then like I said as soon as that sun went behind the horizon i knew that i would have enough in my body to really start cranking it 
So that, yeah, no, that and that's good. I mean, especially because you have only done a few races by then, but that was a smart thing. A lot of you know, sometimes we're boneheaded and we're like, ah, I can push through. I'm tough, but dude, the heat will kill you. And yeah. Pumpkin Holler is one of those races where even though there's some, uh, my first race in Oklahoma was the Pumpkin Holler 50K and a beautiful weather. And I've been pretty fortunate when I have run it, it's been pretty good. But when I did the hundred, it was pretty hot and you've just got to, you know, you've got to adapt your effort and not hold on so tight to your time goal that you kill yourself and get another DNF. Right. And I, and unfortunately I feel for everybody out there because I want everybody who's struggling to cross the finish line, yeah. uh, but I seen those casualties, and, and I would have been one of them, I think, had I not yeah. changed plans. So yeah, yeah, no, that's good, that's good. Uh, and then, of course, Red Dirt. Uh, you went out, and I was supposed to be out there doing Red Dirt, but uh, it wasn't in the cards for me. Yeah. Uh, so what'd you think about uh, Red Dirt, Louisiana, man? There's, out there in there's Nac- hills Nacadish. in Louis- there's hills in Louisiana. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I can tell you this, and like I said, I don't have a lot of experience, but the race that Fawn puts on, on Hernandez, very welcoming, great aid yeah. stations, uh, cannot recommend enough if people get the opportunity to go down there. Uh, yeah. The food's halfway decent down there as well. <laughs> but, hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had the best shrimp and grits I've ever had in my life, So, along with other food, but... No, it was a great race. Yeah. A lot of sand, a lot of hills. Yeah. Uh, the woods is just absolutely quiet and still in the yeah. nighttime. It's just, just beautiful. So. Yeah. For those of you listening, those of you familiar with, with Edie, uh, just a good friend of mine, and she puts on the Lugaru in South Louisiana, and she had this race. I helped we I helped her scout it out when she heard about the trail. We, we went run it and kind of started it. And well, and Fawn took it over and you got to run. I know she diverted part of the trail, got to run part of the Caroline Dorman trail, mm-hmm. which is a really cool section. I've hiked it before my dad and my brother and my son and I, we've all gone out there and camped along it. So you got to see uh, another really cool area. But one of the things on that course that's crazy is you'll be going up a fairly steep hill and it's like it's sandy all the way up it's I was like how does this sand stay here and it's how is it hard to run up go up this thing it's just a weird it's cool it's a cool course though but yeah some parts are tough and you cannot run uphill in the sand that loose sand yeah 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 so, how does it stay on there like you seem like it would all run down and you get to some dirt <laughs> i at the end of it most of it was in my socks Uh, (laughs) but it was a very challenging uh like i said just great people and i hope everybody chooses to head south and give it a try you may have to do it again because they're changing the (laughs) she's changing the buckle okay Uh, yeah this is the last year with that buckle because the course changed and it has the course on it okay and so she's changing it and i was supposed to be there to get my help start the race and i don't have that buckle so anyway i'll have to get the modified one so yeah <laughs> the well, new one. My, my wife and i are always up for an opportunity to travel and stay out of town eat some good food yeah. anyway so may yeah. have to go back well you need to consider doing Edie's lugaru because that'll put you close within spitting distance from, of lafayette and dude i got some places for you to eat there like All for right. real well like, and, you. and we've conversed a few times but uh yeah that's kind of my thing is my wife can find some of the most off the wall, but the best places to go. So, you know, yeah. when we've been to Tulsa or uh, when we get to travel anywhere, she finds us the best restaurants that are off the beaten path. So, yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's what you got to do, man. You can't just go you know, go out of town and eat the chain restaurants. If you need a, a quick safe bed or whatever, but if not, man, I remember traveling for work and I was asking them, hey, I'm staying here. What's there to eat near there? And they're like, well, there's an out back here and there's a Chili's there. <laughs> what do you eat? Like, where's the good stuff? I was like, <laughs> David, she's had me eating elbow to elbow. There was a family style restaurant in uh, Harlem and we were elbow to elbow with a mob boss and his lady of the night, and his, his lady of the night oh, no. and uh the best soup dumplings in the world but uh how she finds these places for us to go and like I said they're just unbelievable food we get to just because she plans and she yeah. enjoys you know give us neat experiences like that so no, that's great, man. And that's what, you know, when you travel, especially when you go race, after the race, all bets, healthy eating's off. So well, let's go tear and, and I, I would challenge everybody. I know a lot of us, money's restrictive, time's restrictive. But I would challenge everybody to try to immerse themselves in the little communities that we get to go to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wh- whether it be Ottawa or Bacadish uh, or something, that there's a... Yeah plantation to go visit uh, a restaurant to go see uh, walk through a cemetery and look at the history there in louisiana it was just there's there's something always that that town can offer that area can offer so yeah so that's kind of how we do these races we turn them into many little exploring expeditions so i love it i love it no that and that's great because that's part of a part of what our sport does is is bring people i mean how many there are some ultras that are in cities and things like that but most of them are in podunk wherever right and every town's got something cool man and got a story and something you can take with you and and also in give to the community eat there instead of the chains eat the mom and go to the mom and pop shops and stuff right right and and that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna build the heartbeat of the area i mean the the nine to five single mom that's in there busting her button and that i don't know it's just it's an it's like i said it's neat to travel to the big destinations all over the country but it's also neat to just go to these little places and see how they operate yeah Uh, anyway yeah, and you meet you meet cool yeah you just meet cool people. You do, like really you said, do. you get the heartbeat of the area. I do see that you have in September Hell Creek One Hundred. Uh, looks like training's going pretty well for that, man. What's your plan? It is all about the buckle. That's, <laughs> so, it's got a good buckle. <laughs> yeah, Chase Chase hooked me on the buckle. As soon as I seen it, I was like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm going to do that one. Uh, I'm going to look it up again because I'm trying to remember exactly what it looked like. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure what resonated with me uh, in the buckle, but uh, I knew as soon as I seen it, I had to have one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, not on, it's not on the site, man. You don't have it on uh, the site. I think it's on, Chase, you do. I think it's on Facebook's site, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of like a skull. Uh, oh, I can't even think of how to reference it. But uh, yeah, he's got the. It says Hell Creek 100, and it's got like a half a skull from the. Because right. he has that insignia, but I'm I can't find the actual. Oh, here's the group. I'm gonna find it. But anyway, yeah, yeah. The so. race directors listen. Yeah, we like nice buckles. <laughs> there's some of us. That's all it takes. Just hang a little shiny thing out in front of us, and we'll bite. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know who does a good job, and, and I, you need to come uh, come do some of the races, some of the outlaw races out here, Jeremy. 
his buckles are pretty awesome. And oh. some of them are huge. Huge. Yes. I seen the sub 24 that he did for the, I think it was a Prairie Spirit. Yeah. It was this is ridiculous. I might yeah. have to go run it again just to get that big, stupid buckle. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine from Kansas, I told him, I said, I never wanted to see that course again, but I'm thinking about it. So. <laughs> that's it that's and he's, yeah. he's changed it a little bit and but yeah he likes the his med, the medals are always nice but great races too right. so you you have to you have to come visit our neck of the wood and you run know, something and i know you you use the uh, anniversary excuse for uh, that february race <laughs> for outlaw yeah i'm scared to death of the weather i <laughs> i remember snowbageddon uh, and the deep freeze <laughs> And yes, uh, those pictures are crazy. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of strong race, racers that struggled. Like, yeah. You know, I run every day be, regardless of the conditions. So I was out there in Missouri running myself during those conditions, but I went 135 miles. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you were in Missouri in misery running, but not 100 and, or 135 miles. <laughs> right, right. I did my 10 miles. I came in and it was stood by the fireplace. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I found the buckle and yeah, I forgot how cool it was because the teeth hang over the buckle, the bottom right. of the buckle and yeah. the top. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a cabin right there by the start finish line. So it's a 20 mile loop sounds like, and uh, I think there's 10,000 feet of gain. Uh, oh, Facebook friend of mine, Shane, we correspond a lot. Him and all the buckle heads uh, are going to be out there either doing some distance. So yeah, people there again, people I've never met, but I think I kind of know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go struggle with them and we'll get through it. So. It'll be a bonding experience. Yes, sir. <laughs> so. Well, well, okay. So, you know, I see that's the last you're signed up for there in September. So you do know that in february there's something called the kansas crazy train I, okay so i that's the last thing i'm signed up for but there there is one that i'm going to do in march okay. uh, but i can't sign up for it yet because the sign up doesn't start till july okay so, which one's that uh mississippi gary i think gary shaw did it this year it's uh and 100 th yeah there again it's i seen his buckle and i was like okay i got to have that but it's uh, 100 miles in uh, somewhere in Mississippi. We have the room room booked, and uh, I'm wait, waiting to sign up for on ultra sign up. So. Nice. Okay. That's in conjunction with uh, the longstanding Mississippi 50. That is the same race. Uh, yeah. yeah. They, they just offered a 100-mile distance. Right, right. Because I think that is probably the only 100 in Mississippi. I, believe, I think it is. I believe you're right. So. Yeah. Um, so that's I've never done the MS50 and I know a lot of people who love that race and some friends who have done it and done really well out there and it can be muddy it can be it's kind of like anything around around that time of year everywhere you know, it's a great looking buckle got a great big pine cone on it oh. looking, you're doing it for the pine cone buckle man <laughs> well, like I said you if I was a fish I'd be caught because everything's <laughs> shiny and I'm gonna bite so yeah yeah, no, uh, I, understand, I understand that. But like I said, there again, my wife and I, we've, there's a little, I guess, tiny houses, you know, what, where, there's a tiny house just outside of there. We booked it on an Airbnb. It's been on HGTV. So uh, it we're turning it more into an opportunity as opposed to just going down there and knocking out a race. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's good. Yeah. 
So. And you got to watch it because sometimes, like even if we've done that, we've been when we've gone to Tahoe, we've spent some time before and after and turned it into to more than that. But my wife has said before, can we go somewhere yeah. and not have to be out in the woods for, for a day or two of the race or in the case of Tahoe for three days? <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily for Melissa and I, our kids are grown uh, out of the house. So and, and we have a little bit of travel opportunity. So we, we kind of do a few traveling. Yeah. And honestly, we limit my racing to two or three a year. I know a lot of people go every weekend, but uh, I think it really allows me to focus in in that specific race yeah, and that area. And then we have traveling opportunities where it's just straight taking pictures and looking at cool stuff and, and having her and I time. So, that's good yeah, yeah. you gotta you, you hear me say it dude I, you gotta have the balance you gotta maintain yeah. the balance and you gotta keep because if you gotta keep her happy if mama's not happy right. <laughs> nobody's but, happy hey our spouses aren't out there running the miles that we run or some of them they are some of them are some but they also they lose time with us uh yeah. they, they sacrifice time with us they make uh they make opportunities for us when i'm traveling she booked close to available trails and uh yeah. places where i can she knows i can get in my miles and and like you said earlier i try to run very early in the morning because i don't want it to rob us of family time i'm always tired but i'm always available so. <laughs> that's right that's, that's it. I, I might not be there 100 percent, but i'm there right <laughs> no that's good man so you did you said you know, something about you got a 200-mile floating around in your head or something. There are thoughts happening. So what are you thinking, man? I would love to. Absolutely love to. And I will. My voice of reason. Uh, she uh, she... Also, <laughs> she does. Uh, she knows my back condition. Yeah. Uh, she also knows my heart. She knows that I am willing to push myself well beyond what I should be doing. Yeah. But I don't know if I don't ever scratch that itch, if it will ever be satisfied. I think in the future there will be, I I, yeah. I plan on doing one. After. Do you know which, which one kind of piques they your all, interest? They all sound good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I like the, uh, like the cowboy looks interesting, looks all the bridges that they get to cross. But yeah. the point I also try to keep mindful of the... It's a pain in the butt to crew, uh, a yeah. point to point. So, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, okay. I, All right. Yeah. You're like the opportunity one day to see if Paul can cover 200 miles on my feet. So. Yeah. Well, the thing, one of the things about it too, depending on how you go into it, is it's less. It can be less intense than like a hundred mile or pushing hard because you you can't you know you go out and you, know, you can go you can actually get out there and power hike almost the whole thing if you wanted to so there's a it's different there and so but you're out there you're out there longer your wife's out there longer but uh, it's just kind of a different mindset so it might not be quite as hard you know on your body as you know pounding pavement for a long time and that's that's kind of what i'm looking at i've i'm booking these 100 mile races but i've looked at the logistics really i mean if you just keep moving uh, which i'm pretty decent at i'm not fast I'm like that old truck on the highway that you pass and you pull into the gas station, you show up and he's out ahead of you. I'm still just... <laughs> you just keep passing him up. Yeah. Down the highway. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go fast. I'm not going to change my speed, uh, but I'm just going to keep putting in it. And I think that would serve me if, if I ever had the opportunity to do one of them. So yeah, it would, it's a huge benefit. And even your, you know, just that military background, the mindset, the planning ahead of time, all that, you know, it would, yeah. you, I think you would do well with it. I well, think you would just uh, seeing the miles you put in and you know, what I see of you, you'd have a good time with it. Yeah. I, like I said, we're going to, we're going to knock out a few more opportunities so that we've gotten the upcoming opportunity and maybe I'll sell her on the idea. So nice, nice. Well, that's good, man. Well, I look forward to, to I, I, I'm thankful for social media that we can follow along and I love, I see the miles you're putting in and I'm, it always just, I'm encouraged by it. You know, I know Paul's putting work. He's out there doing the thing, man. And it encourages and challenges me, man. And so I uh, look forward to see how you do it at Hell Creek and getting you a cool buckle. Yeah. Like, like I said, uh, my miles will never be fast that I've found a pace and a cadence that my back will accept if yeah. that makes any sense i've tried to go faster i've tried to even slow it down some uh, and my back accepts what i do uh yeah so I, i'm never going to be the fast guy but uh, i think if i just maintain what i'm doing and put in the work every day my, i feel a little bit better and it'll give me some opportunities yeah, yeah. well you know talking about back uh, did you follow cocodona 250 the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah, from start to finish. So, I, yeah, I was I was following along and watching too. And when I saw that McKnight, Mike McKnight, was having trouble because of his back. You know, you know the story with him. He's had, he's got all this hardware in his back from the skiing accident, and he started running when he probably wasn't supposed to. Kind of sounds like somebody, but yeah. <laughs> and and he and when I heard that, you know, he's, he's, uh, I think Ben Light posted something about he was hurting where the screws are, and I was like, oh man, that's terrible. Mike's been so strong. And to see him come back from, like, I love the memes they're putting out now, the Dark McKnight Rises and stuff. Right, like, right. I was, it was crazy. I was almost late getting to the gym because I was watching him finish. And I was just like, I can't believe he did. He was over 60 people behind and just started picking them off. Like, what a beast, dude. That, the physical and mental strength to do that, amazing. <laughs> well, and it's amazing how, not just that, but how in our sport and the ability to live track people, we make a few comments on people's posts uh, and how closely we relate to them. I remember when Jeremy was out in uh, doing his 200, I, from, from start to finish, he clicked off another few miles. He clicked off, he finished it. You know yeah. I mean? And you find yourself doing that with people you don't know, yeah. uh, but you're still supporting them and sending your well wishes. So, Oh. I love that. I love that we have that ability and to be able to, to and people know that local kind of local people or like uh, Mindy Kuhlman was out there. Oh, she ran it. She's near here. And oh, checking to see where all my people were and yeah. seeing how they were doing. And from the elites, from Sally McRae to, to the locals and you just watching it unfold and, and it's cool. And you know this as well. When the race doesn't go as planned, uh, especially these bigger ones, and we're live tracking you guys. Uh, our heart breaks for you as well. We obviously not to the extent that you do, but uh, we we feel uh, the pain uh, that yeah. that you guys are going through. Yeah, because you you guys know the work that's put in, put in work, and yeah. to have a race yeah. go sideways is it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, Paul, man, hey, it's it's been good visiting with you, man. 
You I always forget to ask. I want to finish off asking. You already said you wear the Asics. I always forget to ask what equipment people are wearing. What are you? What watch are you wearing? Uh, the Garmin Garmin Phoenix Six. Uh, okay. I wear, like I said, the Asics Gel Nimbuses. Uh, okay. Belega blister resistant socks. Okay. Absolutely a godsend. Love them. Nice. We we mentioned the horse cream, and yes. <laughs> and I'll send you a picture of it. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, do that, do that. <laughs> in the pack, and why is it escaping me? I think it's probably because I'm going to be 48 in a, a day or so. Are you wearing the Momentum, the Ultra Spire Momentum? The Ultra Spire Bronco. The Bronco, but, you're doing, okay, yeah, that's right, you're doing, the, yeah. not the big yeah. Bronco, but the Bronco, yeah. Right, right, uh, absolutely fits like a glove, rides nice. rides right in all the good spots, and uh, good. yeah, yeah, so that's it. That's the equipment. Just get out there and do it. Put the stuff on yeah. and go. Yeah. Get the horse cream. Get yeah. the horse cream. Have horse cream rule travel. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a picture so you can post it when you post the, the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but, yeah. People are going to be like, the sale of horse cream is going up. What's right. the deal? <laughs> but, oh, yeah. No, no um, man. Go ahead. No, man. But it's been good just getting to visit with you, man. And I just hope to. Maybe hope to run some miles with you. Like next time we go to Branson, hopefully it'll be where we can go share some trail miles together. I'll try to make that happen. If if you're available next time we go out there, we've, we've got season tickets to Silver Dollar City, so we've got to go back. <laughs> so. Well, and I'm always down for an excuse to get in a few miles. So, uh, all right. As long as you don't mind running slow, we'll get together. Hey man, I might not be running fast or long. It just depends okay. on 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 what the, what episode of this old knee we're on. So we'll see. <laughs> so. Well, well you take I care really, of yourself. I really appreciate the opportunity to get to visit with you. Oh, same here, brother. Same. It was, it was good. It was good, and we'll do it again. All right, sounds good. <laughs> We want to thank Runners World Tulsa for sponsoring this podcast. Also, man, you need anything, and you're in the Tulsa area. Go to Runners World Tulsa. Check them out at www.runnersworldtulsa.com. They've got so many shoes. They've got packs. They've got watches. They've got everything that you need to run the roads, to run ultras. And you know what? They've got a ton of experience. They even got an altitude tent that you can train in. They'll put you on a training plan to get ready for your Leadville races or your mountain races that are coming up. Man, check out Runners World Tulsa. Also, you can click on their events on the website, and they've got a bunch of races going on, road races, trail races. Kathy and Barbara will get you what you need to run the races that you want to run. So check them out, www.runnersworldtulsa.com.